What do you get when you take some therapists and put them in front of a screen to watch something creeping back from childhood that should have never been for children or preteens? They're gonna dive right in and reassess those flicks. What's more scary and disturbing than you realize and gave you nervous tics? They're the movies that traumatize us. Hey, hey, everybody, I hope you guys are having a wonderful night, and welcome to episode four of the movies that traumatized us tonight. As you can see, we're talking about Labyrinth, because we all want to talk about David Bowie juggling balls and his giant bulge. Anyways, without further ado, let's talk about the team tonight. You've got me, Therapist Sarah, and wow, what is that? I've got overlap on my screens today. Let's get rid of that. Ta-da! Got me. Hi! <laughs> Let's have a good time. At least my audio and shit is working tonight. We're not having any fucked up audio issues. Uh, reminder, everybody, this is a mature stream. So I, uh, I hope you brought your dildos and your good times and your uh, sleeves and whatever else it is that you require in order to have a wonderful evening with us. And all the lube. Exactly. And all of the lube. Giant bottles of it. 50-gallon drums are okay. We understand. Uh, so... So you got me, Therapist Sarah. Uh, you got Therapist Nikki there down below me, and uh, our special guest, Therapist Tim. <laughs> Tim, the therapist. He likes gnomes. He creates backstories for hey, them. You, I don't think he quite understands that I'm a gnome hater and I hate all underfoot races, but that's okay. You're, I can forgive him. You're entitled to be wrong. This is my. I I am a queer. I am a queer therapist. And this is my uh, cisgendered heteronormative gnome couple. Uh, and I have embraced them and they've chosen to live with us because they embrace queer culture. So say hello to my gnome couple. They're farmers. They're going to farm themselves right the hell out of his office. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, uh, you know, Denver Bear Hunter, gnomes are not cool. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, gnomes, <laughs> gnomes, halflings, gnomes, halflings, dwarves, all underfoot races are just fucking <gasps> terrible creatures. We're and you know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about some terrible underfoot creatures tonight. Uh, I'm gonna be entirely honest. We are gonna talk about some terrible underfoot creatures tonight and how. Uh, they, in and of themselves, thanks again, Jim Henson compa uh, Company, uh, for creating traumatizing characters. Uh, you know, I, I seriously, guys, uh, I don't, I don't know how else to to talk about it other than the simple fact that, like, <clears throat> these things are fucking terrifying. Uh -uh. I mean. Seriously, it's not. It's not just babies. Brian Froud was the mastermind behind the creation of these particular characters. You know, I mean, I don't care what you say. Uh, what? It's <laughs> ah, this one. This this image doesn't want to open. What the hell? Did she say it? Oh, did we I... have that clip. <laughs> did I say? <laughs> Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Where's another one? There you go. There's. Like, this shit's just straight-up terrifying, man, when you think about it. I mean, I always knew how these worked. It was not hard to figure that out, even as a kid. 
But when you realize that, like, these guys are literally just, like, walking around in these, like, 50-pound rubber puppeteered suits with goblin faces on their heads. Don't spoil the illusion. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's... Okay, let's talk about Hoggle here for a second. Before we get into anything else, I mean, we'll get to the start of the movie here in a second. But again, I just want to remind everybody about how terrifying these fucking puppets are. And we all know, we all know that I love practical effects. Practical effects are like, in my opinion, one of the best things about some of the older movies uh, in, you know, the 80s. No, I can't really say, well, late 70s. Mid-70s, you know, let's find Star Wars. I'll, I'll throw Star Wars into that mix. Uh, you know, but practical effects really make a movie. And good practical effects are worthwhile. I mean, look at, look at fucking Hoggle. Hoggle's great. He's fucking terrifying. Uh, Hoggle gave me nightmares. And, and I'm sorry, but he's got a cyst on his nose. He needs to go see Dr. Pimple Popper. I'm just saying, like, that thing needs to get fixed. His, his nose got some problems. It's, uh, he either broke it a bunch or he really just needs to let that out. Just, just well, I mean, he yeah. is like the right-hand goblin or whatever his race is to Jareth. <laughs> I mean, I assume that Hoggle's supposed to be a goblin, but he doesn't look anything like any of the other goblins. What do you think his copay is on that? I mean, magical creatures. I mean, his copay is probably pretty high. Yeah, I, I'm pretty right? sure, like, Dr. Pimple Popper would be out of network. <laughs> a gnome would be more like it i mean he is kind of like a gnome which just makes me want to punt him even more i'm just saying like, some people maybe i can get him a hookup here <laughs> i don't know like they look like they have relatively uh normal features uh i'm just saying they might look normal? at hoggle they might look at hoggle and be like dude you have aged beyond your years we can't help you I mean, have five people working with him like they had the actor inside the suit they had um brian henson do the voice work and also as well as the puppetry and i think two or three other people working the motors in his face yeah um that was a lot i think there were several people who were in it for sure well i don't know but hoggle was hoggle was a really intricate piece of puppeteering work i mean when you break it down you have the picture of what the, when they found Hoggle from later on. Do you have that photo? Uh, I don't. I don't think we have that it's one. Her, oh no. Okay. Unless Sarah has it somewhere that's not in Dropbox. I don't. But I mean, come on. More practical you effects. Just... Creepy ass trash lady. You know, I'm gonna get to the yeah. movie. I swear to God. But I just can't get past like these are the things that creep me out the most, right? Like. You need this. Hey, look, look, guys. It's 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 Gelfs. <laughs> the... Oh. This one is in here because that is Toby Froud, who's actually the baby in yes. Labyrinth. BT Dubs, the baby in Labyrinth is Toby Froud, and Toby Froud did the puppets for uh, the Dark Crystal Netflix TV series, which sadly did not get a second season, which really pisses me off because the I first season was really good. It completely needed to. There's a comparison photo in there, too, of baby and Toby now. Is there really? Oh, yeah, 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 there is. It's this one right here. But that's not really Toby now, is it? Well, it's probably Toby as a younger adult. As a teenager? Because he looks like he's about to join the, the Goblin King. I'm just saying. He's like, 
Yeah, I'll go back to that Goblin King. I mean, to be to be fair, I think if I saw that baby in my personal life, I'd probably wish the goblins took him away too. I'm just maybe I'm not a big baby person. I mean, he's already uh, not. I'm gonna make a really bad joke. Please forgive me, uh, but he's already handling Jareth's balls. Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh mature stream. Oh, look at him. He's just sitting there on some crystal. <laughs> It happens to all child stars. I I don't know. It's a thing. You know, it's it's because Hollywood and the industry is just terrible to child stars. Let's be honest. They are. They really are. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, this stream is about the movies that traumatized us. uh, But we do our best to traumatize all of you because we love you so much. Uh, But honestly, uh, bringing bringing it back to it. Oh, somebody's somebody lit up there. I have on yourself a good smoke now. Well, do you see? Do you see my picture? Like I've got the little pipe on the icon. I, I know. I love it. I love it. I I thought it was very fitting for you. Yes. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I did. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very very fitting photo. So yes. let's let's talk about uh, Labyrinth. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those movies that uh, almost all of us have seen as as kids. How dare I do something so vulgar in a stream? I'm going back to playing my wholesome match three game. Honey Pop Katana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love you, Akuma. So oh my god, you go back to playing Honey Pop. <laughs> super wholesome and G-rated content. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you that I bring you only the finest G-rated systems. Notice my background is green. Obviously, yes, green. it is rated G for general audiences. I, however, am not. <laughs> you can tell by the red light on the on the microphone there. <laughs> Legit, right? <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could make it a green light if that would if that would make everybody feel better. But uh, let's let's not do that. So, uh, Labyrinth. Uh, we've all seen this movie, and I don't know. Like a lot of us remember the movie, and we probably all have fairly fond memories of this movie. Like I enjoyed it as a kid, but there are definitely some scenes, some areas in this movie that are just a little off color is the wrong word for this, but you know they're they're just a little traumatizing. They're they're just a little not quite. Uh, you're like, what the fuck were you thinking? I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm just kind of like, what the fuck were they thinking? Also, mm-hmm. all, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about the movie as a whole, uh, you know, f- when you were kids or, like, later in life when you thought about this movie. Um, but, I mean, like, for me, I was just like, yeah, no. Like, I I was always like, Labyrinth is a good movie. Everybody should watch it once, but you don't need to really watch it more than one time. <laughs> this This has always always been my num well my number my number 1.5 movie of all time i won't lie my number one is jurassic park which was just last week make sure you guys all go back and watch it it was a great show uh, you guys did a great uh, job on it <laughs> oh man uh, Jura- episode three jurassic park is the lost episode no one will ever yeah. see that episode again unless because uh, that was a piece of trash it was- okay so- <laughs> Hey, you know what? You're a guest on my show. No, I meant Jurassic, I'm sorry. I meant Jurassic Park Two was it was trash. Excuse oh, me. Oh yes, Jurassic Park Two was yeah. a piece of trash. You are 100 yeah, percent correct. I made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I will say Jurassic Park One was my favorite of all time. This was also my favorite of all time. So I love this movie. 
passionately and I always have and I don't care how much we look at how much it traumatizes us I will always view it through those rose-colored glasses of my youth I mean I think that's fair I I mean I love it too don't get me wrong I just always felt like once you've seen Labyrinth it's not like it's the kind of movie you have to go back and rewatch because the plot pretty much is right there you know what what it is steal the baby get the baby back yay happy ending you Although, know what? It's a familiar plot. So people who have issues with anxiety and control, it, if you know what happens, it's a good thing to just rewatch. I mean, well, you know, that's why anxious people tend to watch uh, the same shows over and over and over. Because once they've watched the show, they know what's going to happen. They don't have to have an anxiety-induced situation around it. So that's why we tend to rewatch the same shows. I mean, I watch the same series of shows over and over and over and over again. And I very rarely add new shows into the mix. Because when I add a new show into my mix of shows, I absolutely have to binge it. And then when new episodes get released, I get anxious about not having watched them because now I don't know what's going on. They're saying in the chat that the fireys are what really got them, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll cover the fireys, because honestly, I think the fireys are fucking creepy. Uh, you but... hang it! Right, right, right. Well, you know what? Okay, I realized this. You remember when we were doing the watch party for this, and, and we were watching the movie? Uh, remember I was talking about the creepy-ass doll in her room? I don't think we have a still of it, and maybe we have a, a, a video clip of it. Video but it was the... Yeah, it was the fiery that they went by in her room that was the creepy-ass thing that I saw. And I was like, well, that was a creepy-ass doll. Like, just... Yep, that, that was one of the fireies. <laughs> All right, but, but okay, getting into the movie just a, just a bit more, let's let's talk about... Where is it at? Do I have this scene? Um, let's talk about... And I really hate this, uh, you know, but... Let's let's talk about Sarah and her weird obsession with her books. I mean, I have a weird obsession with my books, but I feel like she just wants to make love to this book. I mean, look at that. She's just like, oh, my book. I, I think it's a connection to her mom. <laughs> you think the book is a connection to her mom? It's because her mom's an actress. Uh, hence her obsession then with this i i think it's like an escape from her trauma that she's i i 100 percent agree with you but we're not talking about that that's that's a whole nother stream i have fought my way to beyond the goblin city to take back the child that you have stolen for my will is as strong as yours and my kingdom is as great Her boobs were really lopsided in that scene. I just want to point that out. <laughs> don't, don't ask. I mean, let's look. We know me. We know me. We know me. So, I mean, she's really obsessed with getting this line right. And she gets it wrong all throughout the movie. It's like, this is a running theme. She keeps rehearsing this same scene, even at later parts in the movie. And she doesn't get it right until the very, very, very end when she stands up to Jareth. Just, just it's, that an, it's that empowerment piece. It is. It is. It's an empowerment piece. I 100% agree with you on that. Um, for sure. Yeah? Yeah? You got something to say there? You look like you're about to say something. Well, and you're like, like, yeah. It's like, how many, times, how many times have we been trying to, like, uh, face down 
these traumas and these experiences we've had throughout our lives and we keep trying to spit it out. We keep trying to face them and we just can't seem to make it happen. There's something that holds us back from being able to do it. And so that's, you know, that's this curse that she's following throughout this entire movie is how do I, how do I do this? Where do I find that strength and that resolve to do this? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can follow that. I can follow that. I don't know if there's anything else from this particular clip you wanted to see, but that was really the only thing I wanted to get out of this one. Did you see the owl? <laughs> Wait, in the first part? Yeah, the owl should be there. Uh, no, that's yeah, I mean, so we'll just roll back here for everybody. In case you missed it, the owl is right here. Uh, it's right at the very beginning in this scene. It's very easily overlooked because the scene goes by, you know, I'll just kind of flip it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the scene doesn't last long and your focus becomes her running across the bridge in the white dress. And so you you very quickly lose focus on the owl and it stops being a thing. But if you guys remember the, the opening to the movie, um, which I also have, uh, is really very... Well, we're going to get our lovely TriStar. Um, and, and look at... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but look at how interesting that is too. Like when she's running across the bridge, and she runs onto the grass, she like runs straight towards the owl, and then dead stops, and that's where she stops. That's what stops. Yes, her. yes. So that's a very stylized uh, portion right there, in order of having that. Um, but so this part here, this this beginning opening portion of the movie, you know, what they really throw at you and they want you to focus on is this: the owl. So, just a little snippet of trivia. This is the full CGI. This is one of the first CGI things that, are, that have been shot. Ever. Wait, this owl scene was? Yes, this owl scene. Completely CGI. What? I thought it was just hand animated. I didn't even pay attention to it. So, was this done by... Uh, was this then done by... Hey guys, Labyrinth, in case you were wondering... Uh, was this done by Lucas's effects studio then at the time? By the way, guys, George Lucas was a, a was a producer of this movie. If you didn't know that, uh, for for you for those of you who might be George Lucas junkies, uh, George Lucas was a producer on this movie. In fact, shocked the shit out of us when we were watching it. We went, "Wait, George Lucas did this movie? The fuck?" <laughs> I think he was filming another Star Wars movie at the time. I mean, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit more light here. I was a little dark. Uh, well, uh, let's see. When did this movie come out? 1986. 86. Yeah, that would have been uh, Empire Strikes Back about 86. Because 82 was... No, no, no. 86 would have been Return of the Jedi. 82 was Empire Strikes Back. Did you know where there were 25 different versions of the script written for this movie? For this movie? For this movie, 25 different versions. See, guys, this is what we get for bringing a labyrinth junkie into the scene. going to tell us all the trivia facts. Well, Brian Froud actually pitched this right after he screened Dark Crystal. Uh, okay. It was basically, it all came from a vision of a baby surrounded by goblins. That's what started the entire thing. That was the jumping off point. And then <clears throat> Monty Python's Terry Jones and Fraggle Rock uh, writer Laura Phillips actually each wrote their own script. And then Elaine May did revisions of a script. And uh, there were a bunch of people that basically contributed and did a whole bunch of 
different stuff for it. So that's how it kind of got its start. And Brian Froud's a huge believer in the Fae. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge believer in the Fae. Who isn't? Same. So are these heteronormative gnomes. Listen, those gnomes, they can just go F themselves. <laughs> I mean, they have so many hats, they could. Right? No, no, no kink shaming. Uh, no, I'm not kink shaming. That's not kink shaming. For all I know, for all I know, gnome hats double as butt plugs for them. So, you know, I'm just saying. In fact, if you ever hear somebody say the ass gnome, it's this huge butt plug that looks like a gnome. Why do you not have this, Tim? I'm buying this for you. I'm buying right. this for you. Yeah, okay. Out me as like a I want that huge unicorn horn from Bad Dragon. No, I just want to get it because it's a giant fucking gnome. I feel like you need to have it. Do you guys know? Do you guys know that Jane Krakowski, who's the blonde actress from 30 Rock, actually auditioned for the role of Sarah? Really? It could really? have been Jane. It could have been Jane. Could have been Jane. That's crazy. I thought it was, thought it was Jennifer Connelly, not Jane. It is Jennifer Connelly, but the, Jane yeah. auditioned for this part. That, like, okay. All right. So, anyways, moving forward. So, <laughs> so, she can't get the line out, and it starts to rain. So, yeah. her and Merlin, her dog, run back home. Right. I, I love that her dog's name is Merlin, by the way. Just, just saying. One of my best friends has a dog named Merlin. It's great. Just, just, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> name dropping. <laughs> just name dropping. Wow, oh, that was a that was a magical joke. <laughs> it really was a magical joke, but you know, it was it was still lost. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, it's like you know, my thing last stream was lost. Which thing? Can't even remember now. Was that important? <laughs> it's lost just like the episode. Dun 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 dun. dun. All right, no, so Tiger King. That's what it was. The what? Tiger King. Oh yeah, the Tiger King joke. Yeah, that was totally lost. That 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 like that was that was so bad that it was like an aerial flyby out at sea where no one was. To witness, I don't think it was Memorial, bad Memorial Park in Nyack, New York. If you were ever wanting to go see where that opening scene was filmed, that's where it was at. By the way, okay. uh, where she walks across the bridge. Yep, that's probably the only scene they shot in New York. <laughs> Maybe. This is an expensive place to shoot. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they were like. Dude, dude, just have her run across the bridge. Like, five minutes. It's still going to cost us, like, five grand. That's all we can afford. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if you have, to, if you have to do a retake, fuck it. We're keeping the one we got. I don't care if she fell on her face. Just keep it. They actually probably had to do a retake, and that created trauma for the people who were doing the film. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. All right, so, you know, Sarah comes out. She rehearses this line. Uh, she fails to get the line. It starts to storm, so she's like, hey, Merlin, let's go home. And they run home, and they they, they, they trottle off home, and uh, she goes home, and her parents are, like, packing up to leave or some shit, right? Like, they're they're going on a date. Her dad and her stepmom, they're going on a date. And they're leaving her in charge of the uh, small uh, baby. 
while they are gone because that's what every teenage girl wants to do be in charge of her little sibling which Wait, by the way she apparently girl? thinks is some kind of ass clown <laughs> well it is dressed in like a striped outfit so right like she doesn't like this kid case in yeah. point how do we know she doesn't like this kid she's very much adamant not to watch or spend time with him okay this is how we know there was a beautiful young girl whose stepmother always made her stay home with the baby. Some anger issues there. And the baby was a spoiled child, and he wanted everything for himself, and the young girl was practically She's a teenager. Because of the territory. What no one knew. Legit. Was that the king of the goblins had fallen in love with the girl, and he had given her certain powers. So one night, when the baby had been particularly cruel to her, she called on the goblins for help. I thought she looked like Shmee from Peter Pan when she put that shit on. <laughs> Creepy goblins! Say your right words, the goblins say. Are we staying within time limits? <laughs> and we'll take the baby to the goblin city. I mean, I'm at 50 seconds. I feel like, I feel like that's almost symbolical. Like, she borrows the baby's innocence by putting on that cap for a moment. You, you think so? Okay, <clears throat> I mean, alright, alright, alright. I'll give you that. She does kind of, like, I, I can see that. I can see that. Like, I can see that. Not not within the realm of the trauma, right? This, this is within the realm of the trauma. These things, this scene when I was a kid actually, like, gave me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know that I can say that it traumatized me, but the goblins kind of creeped me out in this scene. Like, they're all tightly packed together. They're, like, giant faces, like, all pimply and, like, ratty hair. Like Were they... Sleeping in the closet waiting for her to say shit. I, I really feel like they were. It's like they were all huddled into the closet and they were like, ah, she's gonna finally say it. She's finally going to say it. Yes, say the right words. One that, that creeps me out is the one that's like all the way near your little uh, um, bitmoji. This one? With the like creepy the ass red eyes? Yeah. Is it hard, is it? It's like later. <laughs> I wish, I wish that we and other people from Harmony could all get together and dress up in cosplay as these goblins and just crunch together and just walk through a con. Like, <laughs> just this that group of goblins. I don't see people at Harmony doing that for very long. No. Remember, all of us. So here... So she's got this whole thing, right? You got the thunder in the background, just kind of building the scene. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here on this one, uh, going in uh, from this. But the, the point I think I wanted to point out is that here she's like, she she's really like, she throws all this blame on the baby. Like, ah, it's your fault that I feel this way, kid. Like, And then she gets down to this point, like, cause she's like, would you please just shut the fuck up? Stop crying. Mm -hmm. Yes, kitten. I'm, I'm aware you want attention. Now is not the time. <laughs> They always want to like, be. What, what holds her back? Like that's the big question. Like what holds her back from just like picking it up and shaking the baby? Like she she was clearly so frustrated, right? Obviously, you should never do that. Just I mean, because she's a like, sensible, decent human being. I fuck Maybe. if I know. I mean, she wants to offer the kid up as a sacrifice to the Goblin King. You can't very well do sensible, that if it's got like... shaking baby syndrome. <laughs> I mean, Denver Bear Hunter. Yes, yeah, she is super entitled and is complaining about hard work. And spent the day being out practicing her lines. I, I think it's more than there is entitlement there. 
also there's a lot of strained relationship between her stepmother and her. And she takes that strained relationship out on the baby. The baby is paying the price for how she feels about her stepmother. And it's less it's less about the baby. It's less about her baby brother being loud and annoying and crying. It's more that she doesn't like the way the stepmother treats her. She's got a very Cinderella complex. Yes, she does. They never really explain what happened with the mother. And if you read... Again, the book. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It Read explains more about the mom, you know, because the mom kind of abandoned the family. Oh, her her real mom? Real That's mom her. abandoned the family to go pursue her acting career. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And there's, and there's a picture on her mirror when we see her mirror uh, that people believe is like a picture of the mom with someone else. Yeah. Often. Right, 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 right. All right, so getting back to it, like, uh, so now she's here. I wish. Is she going to say it? Say what? Shut up. Say what? Shut up. Listen, she's going to say the word. I can bear no longer. Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you may be, take this child of mine far away from me. It's not it. Excellent rubbish. It doesn't even start with I wish. Such a I love, I love how utterly disappointed all of these goblins are. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? That's not the right words. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even start with I wish. Where did she learn that rubbish? Doesn't start with I wish. It's. It's almost like they've been watching her practice those lines and they're like, God damn it, why haven't you gotten this right yet? <laughs> like, seriously, no, seriously, seriously. To be honest, like, as an adult, the part here, like, like, I didn't find, like, this point is where I stopped being traumatized by the goblins because uh, as a kid, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. They're right. She didn't say it right, right? But as an adult, this is traumatizing for me. Not because it's scary, but because I realized that these goblins are literally like, she's dumb. Well, she owns, listen, listen. she owns the costume. She owns the book. She's reciting the play. She's named her dog Merlin. She's got all the stuffed animals in her room. She's got a statue of Jareth in her room, but she can't say the one key line of the right. entire play. That's why this is traumatizing, because when you realize, when you realize all of that, you realize that these goblins literally are like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Is she just fucking stupid? Is she like like losing it? She like something wrong with her head? She can't even get the fucking line right. It didn't start with I wish. What the fuck? <laughs> People you meet on the New York subway for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Oh, oh, oh way to bring it down. <laughs> I'm just saying, wow. you know, I I could have pulled out the other down. half of that, which would have been something more hey, along the lines of the Rainbow guy is going to try the subway, to Alex. <laughs> Wait, what's going on with the Reading Rainbow guy? LeVar. LeVar Burton wants to permanently become the host of I Jeopardy. Think I think that's a fantastic idea. I think LeVar Burton would be the best choice out I, of everybody. I think that's good, but I think LeVar Burton needs to wear at least one piece of every character that he's ever played. So he needs to like have the tail from Mayor Ben from Zoobly Zoo. He needs to have the eyes from Data. 
from Star Trek. Wait, like Jordan he, LaForge? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Jordan. Sorry, Jordan oh, LaForge. My mistake. Jesus. Oh. He's testing the banana clips from the oh, 80s. It's I'm, I'm going to go all in. Star Wars is better anyways. So Wow, uh, wow. The fuck, get off my channel. Beam <laughs> me out. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck, where's the nearest I airlock? I had no choice but to just go all in at that mistake, right? Like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah, Hi, Denver Bear Hunter. Wait, LeVar Burton was the mayor of Zubilee Zoo? Hey, yeah, guys, not only are we a mature remember? channel, we'll bring weird, obscure trivia to you. <laughs> I'm Mayor Ben. I'm here to lend a helping hand. Uh, the fact you know that you actually remember that, that line. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little frightened by that. Beaver, I'm on command. Wow. Wow. Please, no, I'm like getting traumatized from all of this. Like, that's. They're, they're staring an adventure when lookout comes to call. Okay, so then when, when did she say the right words? Uh, okay, so so she actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she actually gets to the right words shortly after this, actually, because she says it when she's like walking away, like when she's even disgusted with herself, actually. So, but it's the drama. Oh, Toby, stop it! Oh, Toby, stop it! Stop it, oh, Toby, stop! I wish stop. I did know what to say to make the goblins take you away. Bitch, I you do! You read the book! Goblin kick you away? Like, no, that's not hard, is it? It's not hard, is it? Bitch! I wish... Did you say it? Don't your goddamn book! <laughs> it's in your room! Where'd you learn how to read? This is why I hope that phonics doesn't fucking work! And as she says it, as she leaves the room, they're like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> I wish the goblins would come and take you away. Right now. And doorknob comment, number 75. <laughs> <laughs> you are a therapist or any kind of mental health professional. You will understand that reference. So, okay, so here we are. She says it, finally. But I love how we didn't get a cut back to the goblins with some kind of snarky-ass remark about how she finally got the words fucking right. After what? What has it been? Like, and the, okay, well, I know what it's been. It's been three minutes since she started interacting with Toby in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it took her three minutes to get out the words, I wish the Goblin King or the goblins would come and take you away right now. So that's See, like a 10 second line. It doesn't even start with I wish. It's like, but it does start with I wish. Oh, <laughs> uh, so this scene that's coming up, which is all part of this, actually. How to lose a baby in 10 days or 10 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Kai. Thank you. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, now that he says that, I think we said something similar while we were watching this show. The... Wait, do we know Kai? Yes. I mean, I know Kai. Nikki knows oh, Kai. I'm sorry, I didn't want to assume Kai's gender, so I had no idea. <laughs> Kai, what are your preferred pronouns? Yes, Kai. Oh, by the way, everyone, he, him, his, or whatever you like, because I'm pretty much gender fluid. It doesn't matter. 
but I, we can keep going now. <laughs> it's just like stall out there. What? Ba da ba da ba ba. Don't you have some kind of puppets on your hands, Sarah? It's your sleeves. I went in. I went in all all in tonight. Didn't you notice? <laughs> well, it's a glory. Even your cat loves your costume. I, I know. She's she's like, yeah, yeah. I, I dig it, mom. I dig it. Let's let's yeah yeah. Can I uh hi yeah? Can I? Hey, you're you're really like n nobody watches to watch you sniff my face. I I mean, can you can you can you can you just go back into my lap? Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. Yeah, I went all in. The only thing I'm missing tonight is having some glass balls to juggle in my hands. Okay. I mean, like you all can just envision me juggling some balls, right? No. Nope. No. Oh. Yeah, I don't think anybody can actually envision me doing that. Oh. But... <laughs> Unless they were Ben Wall. That's a hard no. <laughs> so assumed. I didn't want to be assumed. So angry now. <laughs> now I've done it, guys. <laughs> All right. So, so she goes done. back to her room, right? And she literally is like, I mean, what? She's just like, Toby. Then she hears Toby stop crying. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she goes back in. Now she's actually right. afraid. So I wouldn't go back in. I'd be like, oh. God. I, me, that would have been me. I would have been like, God, you Why finally you shut the fuck up. I can oh, man, no. Crying was too abrupt. Right. <laughs> Stop. Why aren't you crying? I love that question. Like, the baby's gonna answer her. Goo goo gaga, bitch. I got tired of screaming. <laughs> Toby? Sorry. I'm, a, I'm, a, on a, I'm apparently on another level tonight. <laughs> you just keep saying the name Toby, and all of a sudden, the little, from the crib, it's like, Red Solo Cup. Now that actually terrified me as a kid. That the weird like cackling. Yes. God, it in the bed. Yeah. So this is this coming up. The reason I'm showing this, uh, Alexa, why isn't the baby crying? <laughs> <laughs> this scene made me jump as a kid. Because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what's gonna happen? Oh well, I didn't need that to happen. Good lord. No, you guys don't need my notes either. You don't want that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, anyways, okay, kitten, you're getting on my nerves. Go to the bed. Uh, <laughs> do we have the? Uh... Yep, it's the next one. Oh yeah, it is the next one. I just saw it. So yeah, see, just leave it up to me. I, I I'm with it. I got this. I got this. You cut it in funky places. Hey guys. Hey, Mochi. You're the hey. Goblin King. I love that smile he's got on his back. face. Please. What's said is said. But I didn't mean it. Oh, you didn't. Please, where is he? You know very well where he is. Please bring him back. Please. Sarah, go back to your room. Play with your toy. Hi, the bulge was actually the bulge was actually an intentional choice by Brian Froud. It was actually intentional that that was that large. I brought you a gift. My ball. What is it? It's now, a believe it or not, not only were the hands ball. portrayed by a hand but actor if you turn it this for David Bowie, look into so it. was the bulge portrayed by a hand actor. No, I'm just drinking. But this is not <laughs> so what you're saying is he was getting handy the whole time. Girl. Maybe. Takes care. I mean, he's David Bowie. I think anybody would probably volunteer. Right? <laughs> is this a baby in my pants, or am I just happy to see you? Don't forget the baby. <laughs> you know very well where the baby is. 
that I don't appreciate what you're trying to do for me. You have 12 hours. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> Look at how quickly my gift turns into a snake. Don't defy me. That's so creepy. That was creepy to me as a kid. Uh -huh. I have to have my brother back. He's there. Yeah, that was creepy. In my castle. He's there in my castle. Do you still want to look for him? Do you still <laughs> want to look for him? Is that the castle beyond the Goblin City? Turn back, Sarah. Turn back before it's too late. I can't. You know, I'm pretty sure that a therapist once told me to turn back before it was too late. And I was like, bitch, I already been there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, what's your song? Yeah, I got, I've got, I prepared this, guys. Are you ready? Here we go. Oh, God. Hey, I've just met you. <laughs> Wait. Oh, fuck. Man, <laughs> now I got to <laughs> do it. Stage fright on oh, the camera. All over David Bowie's package. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my labyrinth. I stole your baby. There you go. I got it. I saved myself. <laughs> Cheers, I saved ev myself. Everybody give our guests a, uh, a clapping I saved hand. myself. It's nerve-wracking when I'm performing for Kai. All because of Kai and Denver Bear Hunter. Good job, because guys. Making it so hard on poor Tim. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Jeez. All, all of our viewers. You know, I'm the exact opposite. You get me in front of a camera and I'm just like, there's a reason why I love teletherapy, because I'm like, yes, I can actually do real therapy without uh, constantly being like, uh... I actually, I actually very seldom get stage fright. I was an actor, but just there, you guys got lucky. Congratulations. <laughs> we got to see a rare stage fight, stage fright Ooh. performance. Wow, my words are like struggling. Today. I thought you were just fine when you were on camera. <laughs> you know, I am. I am just fine with everything, but apparently I can't fucking talk. So, you know, that's I'm a little tongue-tied tonight, apparently. That's that's right. It's been my whole week. I've had this problem all week. Right. It's 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 been a running thing. Even even with my my clients, I'm like, hey, let's try that again. Let me rewind about three sentences and start over and maybe actually form a cogent set of words that are then coherent and can be translated into something actually meaningful beyond I feel like I feel like no one has commented on my song yet in the stream and I want to be like well laugh you know like you I mean I think I think what? that nobody uh, commenting on your your dude. your song in the stream um is probably a good thing Maybe it is I just, I'm just going to say that I'm pretty sure that we got a lot of trolls. <laughs> so if you, ask, if you ask for too many good compliments, they might just troll the ever-living fuck yeah. out of you. So, you know, just, hey, just take no, no action as good things. I'm, I am resilient because that's important in trauma, which is why we're watching these movies that traumatize us. Let's go back to the movie. That's right. Let us get back to the movie. Uh, so she accepts David Bowie's uh, uh, quest to go after the package. I, I mean, the baby in the uh, Goblin King's castle. 
Uh, we know that that's what's coming, right? We don't need to continue this scene. You guys understand that that's where this is headed. He's like, right, fine, Sarah, I have a quest for you. Juggle my balls while you make it through the labyrinth to my castle. Wait, no, that's not how that goes. Make it through the labyrinth to my castle, and there you will find the baby as I juggle my own balls. I think that's more how that quest goes, right? There are, that. there are a lot of orb references. Like, there's the rocks that roll around. There's the baubles that Hoggle collects. There's There are so many penises in the labyrinth. Yes. Right, we'll get to that. I, I hope to God we have a clip of, lab, of penis labyrinth. And I hope everyone is uh, watching. Maybe. I hope everyone is watching. David Bowie faces because there's seven of them. In the yes, movie. there are seven David Bowie faces, and I was actually supposed to f uh, pull up where all seven of them were, but I didn't because I'm <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. Let's be entirely honest. In case we haven't all figured that out from being here at this stream, counselors don't make us saints. No. Listen, okay, and I would never pretend to be a saint because if I did, I'm pretty sure that if there is a god, no matter what god it is, I would be smited. Smitten. <laughs> I mean, I might be smitten by Freya. Ooh. Or Persephone. The letter. Or Hecate. I mean, there's... Okay, it says, number one, it's coming up. After Sarah enters the labyrinth and the face appears in the right corner. It's coming up after she enters the labyrinth. Get ready, everyone. It's coming. Uh, I don't think that's in this clip, though. So, we're gonna meet Hoggle in the labyrinth, uh, guys, in a second. And... I just want to say that even as a kid, I was amused by Hoggle in the Labyrinth. Um, I know we had a conversation about about this in the uh, when we were watching the movie and what this actually uh, meant for, uh, like what was being illustrated. Uh, so you know, we'll just we'll just cut to that. And which came first is the other question, like. Are they biting people? Are the fairies Excuse biting people me? because oh, Hoggle is committing me. genocide? Oh, or it's you. <laughs> or is Hoggle committing genocide because the fairies are biting people? Which one is first? I think it's just Hoggle committing genocide because the fairies keep biting his penis because he keeps peeing in their water supply. How could you? Genocide is not funny. No, it is not. Notice we're not laughing. You monster. Me. <laughs> what did you expect fairies to do? So I'll be honest. In the beginning, Hoggle scared the shit out of me because he was just so like. Hoggle? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of how I wanted to describe it, but I'm at a loss for words. I'm just like, I, I don't even know how to describe Hoggle. Like he just like he, when I was a kid, I literally could not wrap my mind around Hoggle. I was like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> like... I think I saw, I think I actually saw this guy at a porn shop once and I left right away. <laughs> <laughs> was he the guy coming out of the 25 cent video arcade? Because if so, I think I saw him too. It was like on the other side of the door. <laughs> I was like, whoa, gotta go. <laughs> this is why you don't look on the other side of the glory hole. It's supposed to be a surprise. Them's my things. You just take the gift and go. <laughs> wow. Wow. Alright, so at the risk of traumatizing our viewers even more. Shows what you know, don't Again, this is a mature stream. Horrible. But here's the thing. If she picked that fairy up after he sprayed it and it's still bitter, he's not really killing them. He's mostly just knocking them out. 
So he's just being a sadist. Do you know where the yeah, he like knocks them out and he kicks them while they sit there and are like kind of semi-paralyzed. So you're saying you're in a power exchange relationship with the fairies in Hoggle. Yes. I'm just saying with the pepper spray, a cow. That's all I have to say. If you ask the right questions. Pepper spray hurts How do I get into the labyrinth? How do I get into the labyrinth? Well, normally you start by... Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, wrong labyrinth. Anyhow. I don't know about you, but I never found the fairies terrifying. No. I was no, just like, but... fairies are biting people because y'all treat them like shit. It always reminds me about my mom used to collect fairies. She still collects fairies. And I often think about how much she hated fairies that look like people. And so I guess it just slightly disturbs me because I think about that on the frequent. Considering tink the the sprite type of fairy that they're showing is just one part of the fae. <laughs> right. I was going to say Tim also collects fairies because he collects gnomes. They are of the fae race. And grinder dates. Do you collect grinder dates or the gnomes do? No, yes, both. <laughs> I should Wait, give them. So, are you telling me that ethnic. the gnomes are like hidden cameras? So you bring your grinder dates in, and the gnomes just collect them for you? That's it's gonna be like the Travelocity gnome. Okay, guys, That's I'm sorry. I'm... We've got to end yeah. the stream because we just learned some really disturbing data on a Hazma mandated reporter. So I gotta go do my due diligence. That's that's how I make my Pornhub revenue is by my hidden cameras from Grinder. Okay. Can we go back to Labyrinth? And she hasn't <laughs> even gotten in the Labyrinth yet. <laughs> Let's insert ourselves quickly. Go. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we get to the doors. Going in there, are you? You are really gonna do that, huh? You're gonna you're gonna walk into yes. that? I'm afraid I have to. I mean, at the risk of sounding terrible right now, as she's walking into this dark, dank, wet labyrinth, I have a vibrating pussy in my lap. <laughs> That's gone. You've gone too far. This is a modest stream. Ah! <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. None of my streams are modest. They're okay. Alright, let's 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 talk about that scene for a second right there. Where Hoggle jumps out at her. I hate to say that jump scares got me as a kid like that, but that scene scared the shit out of me. Cause he just like comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, puppet dude just showed up out of nowhere and, and like like I jumped when Sarah jumped. I don't. I don't know about you guys, but like as a kid, that that part was like, nah, nope, I'm good, thanks. Uh, that didn't get me. That didn't get you. I love how all of us are like not even paying attention to the show. We're all like doing movies, like phones, and we checking checking Discord. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not paying attention. I was just getting a drink. I'm on mute right now because my roommate just got home and my dogs are going crazy. So just give me a minute. I'll be right back with us. Aw, you know, doggies. <laughs> Look at them all talky, talky, talk. All right. So wait, so Hoggle didn't make you jump when he like jumped out of nowhere? No. No, not at all. Hoggle has never scared me in any way, shape, or form. I've always Man. thought he was a dog. 
I uh, then I'm just broken. Hoggle like fucking freaked me out. Except for uh, except for and if you if you open a new tab and you type Hoggle storage locker, that will terrify you. I've seen Nightmare. that. I mean, I've seen it. I know what Hoggle looks like. Um, so. So we go we'll move ahead a little bit here. Like Sarah runs down through the labyrinth. You know, she starts on her journey. She just picks a direction and she runs. And she dodges and she dodges and she does all of her shit and she's she's whatever, right? Like trying to find her way, but there is like no clear visible exits. Like she's just <laughs> in one great big long never-ending repeating corridor. Like, seriously, I feel like she got stuck in a minor, like, time loop. And I just want to be like, oh, it's all timey-wimey here. It like, reminds me of Austin Powers. I was mushrooms. <laughs> Say that it again? Me. It's the time loop of the never-ending game of spades and the never-cooking cinnamon rolls and Beverly Hills Ninja that was on fucking loop. Ah, yes, 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 yes. All right, so we get here to this. Yeah, we get here to this. The creepy fucking eyeball plants. Oh my god, those things are terrible. Those things creep me out. And they're everywhere. They're all over the show. This isn't the only place. And the creepy worm. Did you say hello? I said hello, but that's close enough. Come inside. You loved the caterpillar, Denver Bear Hunter? I mean, the caterpillar didn't scare me as a kid. It wasn't traumatic. He's just fucking creepy. Look at it. He's just creepy. Okay, so, wow. that's close enough. I have to solve this labyrinth, but there aren't any turns or any openings or so anything. So the question to ask yourself is: Would she have gone anyway, straight to the pyramid or not? A pyramid to the castle. That's not the question. The question is: If she went to have tea with him and the missus, how is he gonna? How is she gonna get in the house? But there isn't an opening. Things aren't always as they seem. You try walking through it, you'll see what I mean. What? Go on, go what on. are the best optical illusions ever right here? That's hmm. just wall. Yeah, There's it was no way through. Masterful. Things are not always what they seem in this place. So you can't take anything for granted. This red scarf is so cute. I know, right? But this whole spot right here, I was like, what? Hey! And just remember, like, you guys Thank see all that, that glistening water. Water is symbolic in Jungian uh, thought of emotions. And so as she's going through these Never corridors, these long, lengthy corridors, oh. which are symbolic Thanks. of transition, and transition that's so like this transition? Yeah, so <laughs> saturated with emotion. Absolutely. I did that perfect timing. You did. Yes, Denver Bear Hunter. He does remind me of the glow worm that you had. Oh my god. Yes. It needs to happen. Yes. Do you guys remember I... how they smelled? Yes. They yeah. smelled delicious. They were wonderful. I loved my little glow worm. Yeah, I did too. I stole my sisters. <laughs> does that make me a bad person? No. Steal I like the way that um when she's when he was like if he, she would have kept going that way, she would have gone straight to the castle. But here's the thing. It's not necessarily wrong that he told her to go the other way. Because with trauma, you can't always go straight to it. Because if you do, you open up Pandora's box and you can't close it again. Well, and we talked about, you know, we, we look at this whole thing. And had she gone 
straight to the castle, would she have been prepared for the ending that we see later on had she not gone through all the trials and tribulations to overcome the obstacles to learn from them and gather the resources and the allies she needed along the way? So maybe she went the exact right way she needed to instead of going right to the end. A cautionary tale for people dealing with trauma. I as a cautionary tale for people in general. If you always jump right to the end of something, then you miss all of the stuff in between. It's like the people who are like, I read the first page of a book and the last page of a book. Okay, but what about all the stuff in between? That's where all the story happens. That's where that's where everything that gets you to the ending is that matters. Right? You gotta hey. you gotta go through the meat. You gotta go through all of the stuff that helps you build up what you need to build up in order to get through whatever it is that you're facing. And and while we're here to talk about ways that the movie traumatizes, there's also all kinds of little things like we're pointing out that help us understand how to deal with trauma just a little bit better. Or maybe the things that we don't necessarily want to face that we have to face in order to do them, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of times we get diverted off of a path that we're on, uh, even though that path might have been easier and we get diverted onto a harder path. When we come off the harder path, we might have gained some resiliency we might have, like she doesn't, like Sarah does here, she adds allies. She learns things about herself along the way. She learns what it is that she actually wants, which is her baby brother back, you know? So uh, there's all kinds of things that we, we learn when we take these divergent paths, right? You know, let's go the road less traveled, you know, if we want to bring some poetry into it and do a little Robert Frost, but, you know. Well, when you, and when you really think about, like, who we are as people like i've gone through a lot of trauma right in my life and maybe you guys have too i don't know you guys necessarily that deeply but i've definitely gone through trauma and i love the person i am today and i've gone through a lot of trials and a lot of struggles and a lot of tribulations to get to who i am today and i love that person so sometimes you got to go through the fire to get to where you're at well i think one of the things that people tend to forget in life in general um is that trauma makes us it's not our parents create us our parents raise us trauma makes us because what happens in life right we've got all this stuff that we're doing all these things right and we have the people who pick us up and carry us through and we have the people who knock us down and cut our legs out from underneath us we have the events that help us understand something, and then we have the events that make us realize that we didn't understand anything or don't know anything like we thought we did, right? But then we take all of that stuff later on, and we put it all together, and it's like, well, shit, if I hadn't gone through those things, then I wouldn't understand how to deal with these things. And if I didn't understand how to deal with these things, then I wouldn't be making it at life. Uh, Professor, you are so smart. I am not. I'm a terrible human being. Uh -huh. But, you know, I don't take compliments well. Case in point. How <laughs> do you disqualify the positive with a cognitive distortion? How dare you? So, I'm just going to point out that we have barely scratched the movie. We've already been talking for an hour. Yeah, You're right. Friend. We have. We have. Oh, friendship is magic. Okay, keep going. Uh, okay, so... Skipping ahead, right? Uh... Why did we? Why did we pick this? Why did you have this one in here, number uh, six? I I don't know what number six is. You have labyrinth, to the castle, or certain death. Ah, I know why number six is here. You know what? Number six is totally my cup of tea. Let's talk about number six for a second. We're we're gonna do this. 
This scene, guys. Which one is which? Uh, we can't tell you. Why not? Um, I, uh, we don't know. But they do. Okay, so this oh. scene wasn't really traumatizing, but it really creeped yeah. me out that they had heads uh, dangling no, from their legs. No, you can't ask us. You can only ask I... one of us. Mm -hmm. It's in the rules. And I should warn you that one of us always tells the truth, and one of us always lies. That's a rule, too. He always lies. I do not. I tell the truth. Oh, what a lie. I still don't understand how she figured this out. <laughs> I don't either. I was going to try to read farther in the book, but I didn't. Answer yes or no. I have never Would understood this. And every time I watch it, I watch this movie the like 50 times. And every time I watch it, I still don't understand. If someone can teach me this logic step by step, I'd really appreciate it. The other I feel like it's teenage logic. And this door leads to certain death. Oh. How do you know? He could be telling the truth. But then you wouldn't be. Maybe it's like... So if you told me that he said yes, I know the answer is no. But I could be telling the truth. Then you then wouldn't he be. would be lying. So if you told me that he okay. said yes, I know the answer would uh, still be no. Wait a minute. Is that right? She even confuses them. I don't them. know. I've never understood it. <laughs> is that right? That's right. I well, it's kind it of out. symbolic of like the circular logic we get before. when we're traumatized, right? Like, sure. But well, also, one of the things that I love about this, uh, you know, because we've just been kind of on a kick talking about, you know, just things in general, but this is really the epitome of choice theory at work here. She's got mm -hmm. two choices in front of her. She's got to pick one, and she has to accept the consequence of whatever choice that she picks. This is a big thing that people are really bad about in life, right? We don't like to pick our choices or if we pick a choice we don't necessarily want to accept the consequence that comes right so when we when we have our choices it doesn't matter what the consequence is the consequence can be positive or negative we're not going to know the results of that consequence until after we've already made the choice and the consequence has happened and at that point the consequence can be either positive or negative we always try to figure out what our consequences are going to be we have this obsession with like trying to to predict what's going to happen when we make a choice but here's the thing she makes this very assured choice. She doesn't think about what the consequence is. She just makes the choice and she sticks with it. I'm right. This is the door I'm going to go through. And she just walks through the door. And what the fuck happens when she walks through the door? This is a piece of cake. Okay. <laughs> so, creepy fucking hands. This traumatized me as a child. Hey. The fucking creepy ass hands. I don't know about the rest of you. I know Nikki just said it right. But the creepy ass hands traumatized me as a child. As an adult, I thought about all the possible. faces they were making. <laughs> right. As an adult, what? I said as an adult. I thought about all the possibilities. Of this <laughs> <game>. <laughs> All right, continue, continuing onward. What do you mean, help? We are helping. We are helping hands. This is You're so helping. creepy. Would you like us to help hands? Well then, come on. Which way? Which way? And again, she has to make a choice, up or down. And it's oh, so important on, to note again. On. We in Jungian, this is a descent we into darkness, and when you see a descent into a dark area, it, she's going into her subconscious yes, which dark recess. Well, since I'm pointed that way, I guess I'll go down. 
She chose down. She chose down. Okay, so that part right there where they're all just like, she chose down. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking terrifying. Like, they literally, like, it's like, oh, she chose death. Cool, let her go. And they do. They just drop her. They drop <laughs> her. They don't even try to, like, take her down. Could the helping hands walk her down slowly? Yes. Do they? No. They yeah. just drop her. They're like, bitch, get down. Well, because, like, at the point you finally decide to tap into that subconscious, it's kind of a slippery slope. It's like, boom, you're going. But she also made the easy choice, too. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm already pointed that way. Yes. Right. She did make the easy choice. The easy choice was to go down. What What else was she going to do? The hard choice was to go back up, right? I mean, honestly, I try to think about, mm, are they, going back up, those hands would have just been all over her. They would have been like, nye, 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 nye. <laughs> that just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know about you, but when I think about it, I'm a little skeeved out. So I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want it. No, no, no. Uh, so, you know, moving on, uh, you know, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to skip Hoggle Helps. I don't remember what that scene is that you've got there. I think that's when he agrees to help her through the labyrinth. Um, cause he's, uh, after he's, she steals he's, his baubles? Yeah. Well, well, that's I think that's before the wise man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be coming up. Uh, so we're going to skip ahead a little bit because, you know, as Nikki pointed out, we're kind of just scratching the surface of the movie. Um, but, well, actually, we start moving pretty quickly at this point because there's a lot of the stuff happens kind of back to back to back to back to back as we get moving forward here. Uh, so this next scene is really uh, was one of the more frightening scenes for me as a kid. I don't know about you guys uh, in particular, but I found this scene to be pretty much on the, uh, the, the farther end of the like, oh, my God, I don't want to deal with this. What have we here? Uh, uh, nothing. At this part. Nothing. Beautiful costume, though. Nothing, tra-la-la. Your Majesty. What a nice surprise. Hello, Hedgewald. Hogwarts. Complete narcissistic interaction here, by the way. Abusive. Yes. Helping? In what sense? In the sense that you're leading her towards the castle. No, no. I was taken back to the beginning, Your Majesty. What? I told her I was going to help her solve the labyrinth. A little trickery on my part. Bold, yeah. But actually... What is that plastic thing round your wrist? Oh. Oh, this. <laughs> What's that plastic <laughs> thing oh, around your wrist? Where did this come from? <laughs> Hegel. Yes, if I thought for one second that you were betraying me, I'd be also, forced did he call to suspend you at the head beginning? first in the bark of a yeah. tree. Look, I'm on my knees yes, giving you head. Oh wait, I mean that's my head. Wait, what? How are you enjoying my labyrinth? Jealous. Hashtag jealous. It's a piece of cake. Oh. Really? Then how about upping the stakes? Hmm? And this is what happens when you stand up to a narcissist. Right? I'm gonna you change the rules. So I wonder what your basis for comparison is. So the labyrinth's a piece of cake, is it? Well, let's see how you deal with this little slice.
I'm gonna throw my ball and turn it into something dangerous. No, so no, this was scary to me as a kid. Because I was like, you're in a narrow tunnel, running away from this giant piece of machinery that is literally chasing you down. How do you get away with this? And then I was like, moreover, like, how do you outrun this? This thing was I... moving fast. Right? Like, I mean, this shit gave me nightmares. Like, I, to this day, even, I still have nightmares about things chasing me down tunnels. And I'm pretty sure that nightmare stems 100% from this scene. It's not Indiana Jones running away from the rock. It's this scene. One of the one of the most fascinating parts of it is that it was so terrifying watching this cleaner just like come down there with all these blades, and then as it passes by, it's just these two little guys. Right, so exactly. Like way less intimidating than what you thought it was. Right, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to that actually. You know what? I just realized why they call it the cleaner. Oh, they fought whatever. How many? Thirty years later, it's like a rotor rooter snake. It's yeah. Like, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Photo rooter. There's a tickle falls down. <laughs> like this thing just looks terrifying. It does. Feel like I'm Nothing but two guys on a giant wheel just riding along. Going. <laughs> I'm like, really? 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 Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Uh, let's see. There's the wise man. We can skip over the wise man. There wasn't really anything scary. Like, were, those, were those guys just, like, chilling there just waiting? Like, <laughs> waiting no, for their he magically made, he made them magical when he threw his nut. I mean, his, his glass ball. <laughs> He just like conjured magical. Listen, he nutted out some goblins in a cleaning machine, okay? But I thought goblins had to come from babies that were abducted. I mean, wait, did we? Uh oh, plot hole. Well, we don't know how many babies he's abducted in the in the past. That's a whole other like plot twist. Something like so. I read one theory that. Jareth was probably a baby that Sarah's mom had been babysitting for, and she gave him up. But got to the uh, goblin to the go I can speak to the goblin king before. See, it's going around. No, right? It's contagious. <laughs> so he's been watching Sarah this whole time to kind of like reenact his revenge. Her mom. <laughs> he's been watching. Watching. Fucking creeper. But then he like can empathize with Toby for wanting for her wishing him away, and he slowly is like gonna groom Toby to be the next Goblin King. I don't know. It's just a theory. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've read that one too for sure. I mean, that's an interesting theory. I don't know. Do you guys want to see the Wise Man scene? I, nothing really traumatizing happens that's in the Wise Man so scene. Weird. I loved the chicken on the Wise Man's head. That's all right. We'll we'll show the chicken on the Wise Man's okay. head. Okay. The chicken on the Wise Man's head. I still don't understand it. It's such a weird creative choice. It was. It seems weirdly placed, but like, 
That was a really sexual comment by that chicken. I just want to point that out. And who is this? My friend. The woo woo. I guess I guess he just needs to choke that chicken. And what can I do for you? Please, can you tell that is The shame on Hoggle's face when she calls him her friend. I have to get to the castle to center the labyrinth. Do you know the way? Oh, yes. Uh, you want to get to the castle, huh? At first, you'll have to sit and stay a while, as I have a story to tell about the Nephilim and the Goblin King. What is about... Oh, motherfucker, what is this shit? What? My fucking computer is being stupid. Um... I mean, if I show the magic dance, it's only because this is utterly terrifying. Yeah, no, okay. Never mind. Woo, woo! Going. No, 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 what, 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 what? Oh, what are you going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, old people, old things. In the movie, like Morla, the ancient one, and this wise dude, they're just slow. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so, but that... That stands, right? Like, all through, uh, all media representation, except for maybe grumpy old men, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we always have old people that are always portrayed as slow. Look at Deckard Cain in Diablo. Yes, Nephilim, come, sit with me and stay a while. I have stories to tell you of your origins and that of Diablo. But first, Nephilim, you must go on a quest to find my granddaughter. That's a great Deckard Cain. Yeah, I really, know, thanks. Like, really good. good I, I once read an entire chapter of Harry Potter as Deckard Cain. That's perfect. I, it was amazing. I, I, you know, when we're interpreting stuff like movies and stuff, I always go to, to Young, obviously. And if this is like in a dream context, if in a dream they believe that every single person, every single entity that they encounter is another facet of themselves. So as you're looking at all these different characters, you can always ask yourself, what part of Sarah does each one of these characters represent? So it's an interesting thing to think about as you're looking at that as well. Hey, that is an interesting take to have on it. Uh, I can see how that is, is. Is that mustache just his nose hair? No, it's his actual mustache. It's just very weirdly, weirdly positioned. I mean, it's kind of like coming out of his nose, maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't grow seven. facial hair. Maybe you can tell me. She's 17, so we won't talk about what part of her the mustache represents. No, continue. Move on. Sometimes a mustache is just a mustache. Alright, so anyways. Moving on. I'm just going to show this because it's fucking scary. I mean, also, who doesn't want to watch David Bowie sing and dance? Fun fact about the set, if they took all the puppets away, it would look like Swiss cheese. Really? Oh, because of all the holes. All the holes they had to do for the puppets. Did you know that in 1947 there was a movie called Bad Friend Bobby Sotser? There was a scene in which Cary Grant tells Temple, Hey, you remind me of a man. And Temple asks, What man? The man with the power. Grant replies, What power? The power of hoodoo, hoodoo, you do remind me of man. Ooh, well played. Well played. I wonder if that's where David Bowie pulled the lyrics. 
I like David Bowie's version much better. I do too. But I mean, I just like David Bowie. I mean, honestly, for 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 the fact that I am a, a tried and true, dyed in the blue lesbian, like David Bowie gets me a little excited sometimes. I'm just saying. Same. Also, and one of the and one of the lyrics that we could not figure out, I looked him up, and it says, "Slap that baby, make him free." <laughs> not make him bleed. That's a common. Make him bleed or scream. <laughs> but still, it literally is. That baby. Got it. Yeah. The really is slap that baby. Make him free. Well, I and mean, that's like... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Ladies first. No, I'm just gonna let David Bowie continue here with this gold. I'm gonna allow the enjoyment of the goblin. No, also, you that notice that his uh, cane mic looks like a penis? And all of the gurgling, the baby gurgling is him. That's right. That's right. Oh, that bulge, man. That bulge from David Bowie. Thank you, David Bowie, for something we will never, ever forget. Yeah, the baby, uh, Denver Bear, yeah, the baby noises were by Bowie as well. Uh, yeah, none of us, never, none of us have forgotten that one. Uh, so moving on, uh, so next, Sarah does this really nice thing, uh, right? She rescues Ludo. Uh, I'm gonna skip this scene because I don't think there's anything really traumatizing about the rescue of Ludo. Um, but Ludo, well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. Never mind. I take that back. No, because... Because the thing with Ludo is that Ludo himself, herself, himself, themselves, himself, self. Yeah, Ludo themselves is actually when you first meet them, kind of scary. No, no stop that. <laughs> is that any way to treat someone who's trying to help you? I hard Ludo, stop. I got you down. Ludo. Yeah, the nippers the nipper sticks terrified me too, Denver Bear Hunter. Is that your name? Oh, poor Ludo, poor Ludo. She has great sympathy for Ludo, but not her crying baby brother who she gave away to the Goblin King, bitch. Camalthia like freeing the monkey that can't survive on its own in the wild. <laughs> Or Malthea freeing the harpy that she knows is gonna kill her. I like <laughs> Alright, uh Talking Door Knockers. The Talking Door Knockers. I'm gonna skip some video clips because I am gonna try and like speed us up a little bit here, because I can talk forever. We know this. Uh Jareth visits Hoggle in the labyrinth. Once again, this is where Jareth gives Hoggle the apple to poison uh Sarah peach. with. Or Peach. Peach, sorry. Sorry. And of course Peach, which, you know, we all know what a reference uh Peach is for. <laughs> you know what we didn't have we didn't have a scene with all the penises in the labyrinth i'm very disappointed in this yeah all because you have to do is look like at oh. the overscale of the labyrinth and you'll see all the obelisks that are penises yeah so. They, yeah, yeah 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 so That's then we get to the 
So he gets the peach and he refuses to give it to her, but we know he's gonna give it to her because that's what he does. Hoggle can't think for himself. Hoggle is, you know, manipulated to to give it up because Hoggle doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. Hoggle's all about his own self-preservation. Uh, so then we get to the uh the talking door knockers, which honestly. I thought the door knockers were kind of fucking creepy and scary. Um, and if you guys don't remember the talking door knockers, this is them. What do you think, Ludo? Which would choose that? I always wanted to know what a conversation with the deaf one would be like. When you took, if they took the ring out of his ears. It's very wrong. I was really surprised that they never did. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just wondering which door to choose. What? I don't know. I, I think it would have like been very Trump oriented. Wait a second. I, I can't understand you. What were you saying? <laughs> oh. And there goes half our viewers. The door knockers were frightening. Uh, yes, I, I really hope that that's not the case. I don't think they heard you over the door knockers talking. But the door knockers to me as a kid, I thought they were creepy. They didn't really traumatize me so much, but I really thought they were quite creepy. Like, I just. <laughs> I, you know, they've got that, like, uh, uh, Marley feel from Scrooge, you know? You go to knock on the door and it morphs into the face of, uh... Oh, Cratchit? Yeah. It's, like, one of the first times... No, no, it's Marley. Cratchit was... Right. Cratchit was the... Yeah. was Kermit. Yeah, I got it. It's, like, one of the first times in the movie that Sarah really takes control of her environment. Yes, she throws the rock in the earlier scene, but this is the time she reaches out. She shows this empowerment. She reaches out and she grabs the nose. She's not going to him and haw about Yeah, she totally Miyagi's him. Shove it in. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, like you do. No, don't put it back in. Don't put it back. As long as there's consent. Like you do with consent. You plug their nose and gag their mouth? Yeah, that's porn. So breath play, edge play, what? It's a little non-con. Is that what we're getting into here? Yeah, usually. A little, little con, yeah. non-con. Let's move on. Let's move on. So next would be the scene that terrified me as a kid. She goes into the forest. Uh, is that the next oh. scene? Yep. Is that the fireies? Are we there? It's terrifying. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so we're up on these guys, and these guys are the fire. I thought these things were creepy and terrifying. They scared me. But they let puppets play with fire. That's even scarier. And fun fact, this is the only song not sung by David Bowie in the whole movie. The guy who played Cat on Red Dwarf. Wait, the guy who played Cat on Red Dwarf sang this song? Is that what you said? Yep. Oh That's my what I god! Said. That is fucking amazing! I love Cat! Cat was like my favorite character on Red Dwarf! Cat Danny was... John Jules. Cat was the best! Ah! <laughs> I have a whole new appreciation for this scene now. Oh my god, Cat was the best! If you guys don't know Red Dwarf, then I'm sad. You're sad. We can't be friends anymore. Uh, <laughs> yes, I called you sad, not me sad. You're sad. Cat was the best. If you don't know Red Dwarf, just yeah, yep. Yeah. Can't even call yourself a sci-fi fan, okay? Just can't. Just can't. Just can't. 
so the fireys are really creepy uh, for a lot of reasons. Most of which is the fact that they take their own body parts off and throw them around. The creepiest one to me was when the, he took his eyes out and rolled them and was like, snake eyes, and then he ate them. Yes. Yes. I agree with you on that. That was that was just like, oh, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. Interestingly enough, in Jungian therapy, here it comes again. Here, uh, You guys would think I'm a Jungian. I'm a CBT therapist, but I really dabble in Jungian. Interestingly enough, dismemberment is actually symbolic of being disempowered and isolated and being cut off from the rest of the world. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so, Denver Bear Hunter, you're right. They do. They talk about taking her head. Why don't you take off your head and throw it around? We took off ours, so we'll just take yours. Uh, and and so that just that implication that they're going to cut off her head as a kid, that was too much for me. Now I'm just like, yeah, do it. Let me see you toss her head around. What was that, Nikki? I kept thinking as a kid, it's like, but her head doesn't come off. It's not like theirs. It doesn't. It won't happen that way. Does it's just more complicated? Oh. I watched scary movies when I was a kid. Yeah, so did I. So did I. <laughs> I mean, I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth long before I should have been. I tried to pitch to Nikki that we should do Maximum Overdrive at some point, but uh... I don't know if I know that. I don't think I've seen Maximum Overdrive uh let's see uh the bog of eternal stench uh, there's nothing really scary about the bog of eternal stench it's a, kind of a long setup scene just for uh getting merlin and uh what's his nut i can't remember sir didymus, sir didymus. that's right sir didymus and the bog looks like anuses does the what? bog look like anuses you know i have I'm a gonna gift have to look of the bog anus look under the gif folder and it's just the anus i promise Wait. you Tell Are me you, you definitely have a gif called anus in a bog. Oh board. my god. Okay, guys, here it comes. The media source for this one. You're right. It does look like a bubbling anus. It looks like an anus that's been given an enema and it's just like trying to hold it in and occasionally like splooshing it out a bit. I will tell you that is a heterosexual anus because there's no gay man whose anus looks like that. Wow. <laughs> You know, I'm just gonna say that this I'm anus sorry, has gnomes. This, I'm sorry, heteronormative gnomes. This anus has got other problems beyond the fact that it hasn't been thoroughly stretched, okay? It's got bigger issues. Look at all of that fucking lumpage around it. I think this guy needs to go see somebody because that shit needs to get checked out. Literally. Like seriously, like needs needs some extra work. Uh here you guys go a little bit extra on the fiery since we were just talking about them once they don't have their heads. Also, this is a very terrifying gif of the fireys. I just want to point uh, that out. Uh here's uh, another one of them just like torturing each other the way they do this. Uh the hey, we're gonna cut game. this scene out, actually, of the movie. It was not the gonna fireys? be fireys? Mm-hmm. It's the only it's the only scene in the entire movie that was actually filmed with a green screen behind it. Yeah, you can tell too cuz this, this is really shitty old school green screen work. Mm-hmm. I remember it's like in like, the documentary like they were talking setup. about yeah. having to vacuum the black just, or the black velvet behind them because of all the specs. Yeah. Yeah, cuz at the time you couldn't edit it out as easily because of all their fur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're real cute, though. Like, if you were not to no, know the No, no, they are not. No, what are you They're talking cute. about? They are not cute. There's, like, right. maybe one that's cute. All right, so Sir Didymus comes along, and Sir Didymus oh. helps them out. What? I missed something. That's my favorite. Tim loves Sir Didymus. Ah, oh, he's my favorite. I, I know. So, so 
Sir Didymus, we're gonna and give him his moment. To the death. Okay, let's handle this thing. I've sworn my lifeblood to protect exactly Sir Didymus. Have you sworn? I have sworn with my lifeblood. And shall criticize no him without my permission. Way without my permission. He's so full of himself. I love it. Alright, so anyways, moving on. Sir Didymus eventually joins them. They cross the bridge because Ludo walks across the bridge without a care in the fucking world while Sir Didymus is distracted. You want to so say something? No, he's just so cute! He's something. Oh, Tim, what's the meaning of his steed's name? Oh, right. So it's like... So... Oh my god, I have to remember his steed's name. But it's like related it's to Merlin. It's Ambrosius. Ambrosius. Yes, that's yeah. another name for Merlin. Uh, it's it's a more traditional name for Merlin. And Merlin, of course, is the name of Sarah's dog. And of course, Ambrosius looks like Merlin, uh, Sarah's dog. And in case any of you have also forgotten, Ambrosia is the food of the gods. So yes, just this, saying, this somewhere in here, somebody's servant dog. Ambrosia? Ambrosia? <laughs> Nikki looked around. Maybe I'm really wrong. I don't know. Oh, I no, thought... no. I was just thinking, so are the goblins going to eat him? Probably. <laughs> no, I love him. And I love, I love how, like, he should be, somehow we should bring him back and he should be sponsored by Febreze because of those commercials where you go nose blind because he lives in the bog of eternal stench. It's like a perfect marketing that moment. You know, I'm surprised Febreze never licensed Sir Didibus for that. That That's a good point. Right? All right, so moving on. Moving on. This scene also, as a kid, was really terrifying because I didn't really understand it then. And this is the ballroom scene. Uh, this was really before exposure to stuff like ballroom dancing and, like, masquerades and things like that. So, like... To me, like, this scene was just, like, really a little almost otherworldly, and I was just like, why is everybody wearing all these creepy masks? <laughs> Especially that Tengu one. Right? Like, it's so out of place. Alright, that's that's all we're gonna take of that one. Uh, we, we lost Sorry. him. Uh, well, he, he went to go take care of his dogs. Ah. Um, <laughs> it's um, an adolescent venturing into the adult world for the first time and realizing she doesn't belong here. <laughs> right, legit. Just had to just had to break out the uh, ballroom mask, huh? The autumn court. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I tried. I, I wished that the Goblin King would come and take Tim away, and he did, but then he brought back this weird masked Tim. <laughs> what? That didn't even start with I wish! What kind of hog swallop is this? That's not the way you say it! <laughs> That's almost more terrifying than the Goblins. <laughs> and, and he's still going! Oh no, he stopped to put the glasses back. Oh, I can't! Oh, I've got two more! Oh my god, I've got two more. Here we go. Oh, these are ones I did. Oh, you got a feather one. That one. Oh would probably my God, he's one of the fireies. You can't go through the screen, honey. I know you wish that you could. All right, There's let's nowhere up there for you to sit. What are you doing? I'm sorry, stream. The cat. Nikki, you have lost all control. 
<laughs> Nikki I, never I had that I ever had control of right. this. This is a hundred percent me, and I'm just letting you run wild because I'm amused. I, I'm completely not in charge here. <laughs> Nikki's like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> See, wow, wow, that's all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. I'm sorry we didn't get all the way through the movie tonight. But uh, no, so moving on. Uh, so I really found the, the this scene, like I, oh, your explanation God. is correct, but I really found this scene as a kid a little bit on the like bizarre side because I didn't understand it. So to me, this scene, while not entirely traumatizing, was enough for me to just be like, eh, ballroom dancing's creepy. This scene actually really traumatized me. I did not like it at all. I really? Just, the scene after this traumatized I, I so, just, yeah. I don't know. I hated it. I hated this The scene, scene after this, uh, is this one the room scene one right that's the one you're talking about yes yeah, it's, it's the trash lady scene yeah that would be this one i think which watch in the background guys all the mounds are tr other trash ladies what was i doing oh wow this is uh let's just move that down oh this is after she ate the peach no this is yeah like after she burst the bubble why don't you look where you're going, young boy? This is literally what my room looked like when I was a teenager. No joke. Not mine. Yep. Uh, but the trash lady did scare me. Where are you going? Hmm? Eh. I don't remember. You can't look where ADHD you're going if you don't thing. know where you're going. It That's is. I was searching for uh, the trash lady was terrifying. Well, look here. Yeah, she terrified me, and what terrified me later is after, if we, like, fast-forward the clip a lot. To, um, uh, to what particular scene are you part of it? When she's trying to make Sarah the trash lady. Oh, uh, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's after the room portion. Uh, that's about right here, I think, is where that picks up is this section of the scene. Oh, no. Oh, what have we got here? That's a lot. Oh, you're a little bunny rabbit. You like your little bunny I rabbit, don't you? Woman. Yes, yes, yes. I, there I, you I, go. Oh, there's Betsy Boo. You remember Betsy Boo, don't you? Yes, yes. Trash lady or Jennifer mm -hmm. Connors? Yes. What's this? the answer I missed the question, but that's oh. hilarious. Here's your panda slippers. You know how much you like your panda slippers. You never wanted them thrown away, did you? There they Like here she starts right piling stuff on Sarah's back. Yeah. And that shit terrified me because it's like, oh, she's making her a trash lady. That's not okay. Well, think about how early on how treasure she knew all these little trinkets in her room. Right. And now they're piling on as trauma. Right. And becomes baggage. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. ah, oh, and and yeah, you're right. This scene was right scary. Like even as a kid, I was like, why is she turning her into another trash? I was exactly. I was excited for her to become one. What is wrong with you? I don't know. You're like, yes, Sarah, become a hoarder. Let's talk yeah. about guys. Let's talk about this, ladies and gentlemen. The trash ladies are fucking hoarders, okay? They're fucking hoarders. She was trying to turn Sarah into a hoarder. That's not okay. Why would you incur? Why were you excited for her to are become they, a hoarder? Are they, or did they take their trauma and turn it into a viable career? It's not a career. They don't get paid for that shit. How do you know? You know. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, I've brought five-year-olds onto the stream tonight. I'm uh, sorry. Moving forward.
How do you know? How do you know? Well, I'm the rubber and you're the glue. What bounces off of me? It sticks to you. Nikki, I, I got an eek. I've won. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. So I agree with you. The trash lady scene is scary. Not only are the trash ladies scary, but the fact that they want to turn other people into them is also scary. Can you see Sarah just all hunched over like, yeah, I'm now the trash lady and I was here to find what was I supposed to find when I was looking for something. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Here's another trinket of mine that I really enjoyed. Well, and it really harkens, honestly, like if I'm being really honest about it, it really harkens to, you saw those goblins that were in that court. Those were all babies at one point, and those were all, all those trash ladies were all Sarahs who succumbed to that. So it's we're just assuming like, this, but yes, that's you're a assuming that's that. A strong, you're, that's a strong. That's what they're doing. To I her, mean, right? correlation is not causation. <laughs> I mean, we're making a pretty big assumption there that the trash ladies are just Sarahs that succumbed to their their greed of their trinkets. What do you think they are? I think they're hoarding goblins. I think they're hoarding goblins. I, I agree with you on that. Okay. I've been outvoted, ladies and gentlemen. Hoarding goblins. Just saying. They could be hoarding hags. Maybe not goblins. Be hags. But there's... You know, I... Yeah. yeah. It could be like night hags. They get off on despair and, you know... Right, 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 right. The uh, Indian... Remember though, so like Sarah, Sarah, if she did succumb to it, would just look like Sarah with a bunch of stuff on her walking around. I, I, yeah, I suppose so. So this is the next scene that really that comes a little bit later that I found really traumatizing as a kid. Um, and, and it's just amazing how there's just these little scenes all throughout the movie. It's not like big things, like uh, Never Ending Story was like big moments of traumatizing. But with Labyrinth, it's all these little things that add up to the bigger trauma that comes. Um, and with this one in particular. A humongous. The giant robotic goblin. It's the largest, it's the largest puppet ever made. Heaviest. Two tons, I thought. Maybe ten. Come here right now. So, will you please come open? You're embarrassing me. I love how Sir Didymus like has no fear because he's too short to care. <laughs> But Hoggle knew exactly what to do and how to disarm this thing. I love this part right here. This is one of my favorite things that comes out of this scene. That goblin who gets thrown out is then just like, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> you're trying to kill somebody and you're talking about how you got thrown from your giant mecha not being very nice that wasn't right. very nice throwing me from my giant mech suit what's wrong uh, with you hogger uh, don't don't what, what are you meowing at me for don't meow at me like i said something wrong uh so anyways um he had a parachute yeah, that implies right. it happened before. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or there's, 
or there's a really good OSHA program here. <laughs> Maybe he just belongs to the Goblins Union of Mech Drivers. Yeah. And yep. the union mandates how all goblin mech drivers have parachutes in case they get involuntarily ejected. It makes you what what I wonder what else is on there. Like, is there like little fire extinguishers? Right, right. <laughs> like, who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, uh, Ludo calling the rocks. Not really a traumatizing scene, uh, but it was a good scene to show that Ludo was helpful. Uh, and it's in the middle of the big goblin battle, which actually that scene, I don't think we actually have the goblin battle because we have Ludo calling the rocks. Um, that scene itself was actually pretty traumatizing. By the way, you should be proud of me. We're about 10 minutes away from finishing and we're almost at the end of the movie. Wow. Thank you. I, I wasted an hour at the beginning dicking around, but I still managed to get through this. Why is that? Because I'm a professional, ladies and gentlemen. A professional what? Fuck up? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park, we went close to three hours. So. Well, Jurassic Park also, let's talk about how Jurassic Park had a lot of fucking problems that night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are running this stream from Streamlabs OBS. Not that OBS pays me to promote them or anything, but Streamlabs OBS, it's making my life better. Why? Because I know it way better than Twitch Studio, which sucked ass. Sorry, Twitch. I know I'm on your service, and I'm telling you, Twitch Studio sucked ass. Okay. Anyhow. All right. The sure more that... you know. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Well, wait, 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 wait. We're in the wrong section right now. Uh, you went G.I. Joe and I went full rainbow. Talk about the gay and the lesbian. Good work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You got something to say? Yeah. What do you have to say, Nikki? Come on, Pan. I have nothing, yeah. I have nothing to contribute to this. <laughs> what do you guys have to say, heteronormative gnomes? Well, they're staying out of it. They've decided this isn't their battle. <laughs> Listen, Ludo calls the rocks in the very chaotic goblin scene. <laughs> all right, so all right, so I'll show Ludo calling the rocks. I actually like Ludo calling the rocks is one of those really helpful scenes with Ludo. Like we're in the middle of the gob. Oh wait, is this the whole goblin battle? Oh, piece of cake. It is. It's the whole goblin battle. They have like the goblin chickens in them. Yeah. And Jim Henson said he hates working with chickens. Okay. I mean, do you blame him? I don't either, especially if they sound like Chick fil A in my backyard. Please, 
Tell me when walls got fucking hinges, because Ludo was just like, nah, I'll open the wall. <laughs> the fuck? Nikki, did you see those cute little cannonballs with their little feet? Yep, their little feet and their little heads. Ah, so here it is. This is this is the part I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Um, so this scene was was terrifying as a kid, right? Because there's all this stuff happening. It's just it's not terrifying because there's anything particularly traumatic. It's the chaos. This scene is so much chaos with all the different right. types of goblins running around, the cannon fire. You know, I've watched way more chaotic movies today that I don't see the kind of chaos that's here. This is that really, like, they're really organized chaos. This was such disorganized chaos. Um, and, and everything was just everywhere. Uh, and as a kid with ADHD, that was terrible for my brain. Because I was like, no, none of this makes any fucking sense. Hey. Yes, the whole world heard you. Thank you. You need to get down. Let let go. Let go and get down. I love you. Good lord. Sorry. My 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 needy child is being very needy tonight. She usually doesn't want anything to do with me during the stream, but tonight I know exactly what it is that she wants. She's mad because I haven't fed her. It's feed me neediness. I have to tell you. What? I live with a, I live with an abusive cat. Oh, I do too. Every night. At 10 o'clock, normally that's when I go to bed. If I do not go to bed at that time, um, I pay the penalty. And what is the penalty? Uh, the penalty involves him not allowing me to do anything on my computer and involves him laying on my keyboard on my hands. And I ask him politely not to, and he doesn't respect my wishes. Sounds like a cat. Now, I try to tell Prince not to jump on the hammock on the other side of my room, and he does it anyway. By the way, I just want to note to everyone on the stream, I am not minimizing abusive relationships. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you for that. We appreciate Welcome. you not minimizing abusive relationships. Yeah. They're real. And if you need help, please reach out to someone who can help yes, you. Yes, please do. Anyhow, that someone would not be Ludo, because Ludo is not real. <laughs> <laughs> Edited your number that you it put did on. indeed. What? Sorry. Because I, I think it edits phone numbers. It does. Oh. Guys, if you are a victim of domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one eight hundred seven nine nine SAFE. That's one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. I guys, you know that they standardize the suicide hotline now, right? It's uh, what is that? Star seven one one. Do they? Good. Yep. Because there was a Alessia Cara did a whole thing on. So yeah. Uh, I am amazed. I only read that article one time, and I remembered that. 
Oh, because I have to update my safety care plan again. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Ludo calls the rocks and the rocks come in to help because Ludo is just helpful. Ludo's not scary. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one, which is David Bowie's Within You, because that just, you know, that's terrifying when I read the title. Thank you. That's, the, that's the Escher Stairs. Oh, is that the Escher Stairs? Oh. That's the end yeah, the Escher Stairs is great, guys. We're going to watch the Escher Stairs. For the name of the second. song is Within You. I mean, I know the name of the song is Within You. I'm just saying that's kind of terrifying, the idea of David Bowie within me. Just... No. Also, it's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean... I, I, mean I, I mean, it's David Bowie. Come on. Yes. Come on. <sighs> Nikki's like, what have I done? Vicky, do you not find David Bowie appealing? Oh, I do find David Bowie oh. appealing. She's just like, oh my god, I have to deal with Sarah like this. Oh my god, okay, ladies terrible. and gentlemen, we have Nikki, because Sarah and I are so vulgar, we have Nikki representing puritanical America for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, apparently tonight Nikki's on the like safe side of the fence yeah. Uh, yeah. and isn't joining me on my side of the fence, which makes me a little sad, but that's okay. If you want to be the puritan tonight, it's okay. I respect that. We can take turns. We can make it. I brought up the Fudinari tree in the last unicorn. How am I saying? But we said tonight. 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 Just tonight. 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 You've had a really hard time. Maybe it's just because you're like, God, this is taking forever tonight. Would you like to make a porn reference to redeem yourself or what? Like. We're both just hanging on, Sarah. Say the right words. Comes this stuff. <laughs> I tried to go for the dramatic music right there from. <laughs> We're still waiting. I can't hear the music. I don't know what you're talking about. You near Just think it's I love how heavy she's breathing here. She's like. I mean, that's oh, a wait. lot of stairs. I do that after two. Stairs suck. <laughs> I, uh, I went to a gym once and I saw people doing that for, like, fun or something. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> There's an elevator. I love how he puts it all on her like it's her fault somehow. Her eyes are just so cruel. All right, I've taken all I can handle of the extra stairs. There's nothing traumatizing about this scene, unless you uh, consider the lyrics. Baby, the baby shows up on the stairs periodically, Correct. too. Correct. Then the baby's You're running right. around on the stairs, and she's chasing the baby. Uh, uh, so then we get to this scene here, uh, which is... That's such a weird shot. Sarah, you know, well, the creepy scene with Bowie first, but also Sarah, like, taking back her power here from the Goblin King. Yes. Give me the child. Look at how pretty that white is though i have been generous look at how pretty that white cloak is and then cool. david bowie's bulge ruins it ruins it Question mark. What have you done with <laughs> that, that's a matter of opinion of whether or not it ruins it hashtag accessories <laughs> you cowered before me i was frightened i have reordered time I have turned the world. I like how he's like, I don't really like it, but this is flipping it as it's her fault, like you were saying earlier. I'm exhausted from living up to your expectations. 
This is like the. First I'm exhausted. Time. I, I love this. That line, right? I'm exhausted from having to live up to your expectations. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time he truly looks like that owl. Like he just really looks like it. Yes. From the beginning. Even his features, the way they did his makeup, very pointed. Where she's at right now is my favorite zone in World of Warcraft. Your dreams. And my kingdom is great. I mean, I ask the you're uninvited. You can't come back. You talk about World of War. You don't talk about World of Warcraft. Not here. We're EverQuest purists here. I was an I was an EverQuest beta tester. I don't think I've ever played EverQuest. Best MMO ever made. It was great. It was really great. A little ahead of its time, sadly. Love me, do as I say, and I will be your It was great. Love me, do as I say, and I'll be your slave, baby. Yeah. Total. Total abuse dependent relationship. You have no power over me. And she finally remembers the line, ladies and gentlemen, and takes back her power. I wish the goblins were like, <sighs> I wish, I wish she had never said that. <laughs> His bubble shattered. I would change the world for no one. Then the world collapses and goes back to her room. It was all a dream! <laughs> right? And now it's midnight. Sarah! Sarah! Are you home, Sarah? Missing. I wish she had a broom in her hand at that moment, just like chasing it out of the house. Right, and, and so then we get to the end of the movie, and what does Sarah do? And once again... We have this thing. We, we've noticed this running theme before in other movies that we've talked about. Every movie we kind of cover where we talk about the trauma throughout the movie and the things that we see that either traumatized us or could have been trauma perceived by the character throughout a movie. One of the things that always happens is this at the very end. We get to this point. We get to this area, this scene at the end where they just have to make that final display. Wait, why did we pick up here? I don't want to pick up here. Canada. There it is. That's what I want. Midnight, bell tolls, Cinderella time. Toby? This is why you needed to read Toby? the chat. Toby? I don't even see the chat on my screen. Not, not that chat. No, I mean the, the Dropbox chat. I don't even see it when I open up Dropbox. It's disappointing. Otherwise, I would have, yes, known that I needed to skip ahead a bit on this one. Audience, I'm not privy to the Dropbox chat. What have they been saying about me? <gasps> All the terrible things, lad, don't you know? <laughs> terrible, terrible things. Here you are. She gives the teddy bear back. So she gives, she gives Toby Lancelot. Let's talk about Lancelot. He was a womanizer. He slept with King Arthur's wife. Lancelot was fucking terrible. And I, but I want, I wanted her when she handed it to him to be like, oh, here you need this. Have a little goblin bear. 
Actually, I could literally pet a pet Ocho. What's that? Some weird. Ah, okay. Show? So this is the scene. This is mom. Uh, mom, uh, on the right side here. Uh, yep. Lower right corner and right above there with dad. Yep. Or maybe. But that's David. the one that that's actually Bowie. that black and white up there is probably mom character with David Bowie actually. Yep. <laughs> now that I'm looking yep. at that photo a little more carefully. And make sure you guys catch this really creepy Jareth Jareth statue. This Jareth. Oh yeah yeah yeah. If you guys don't see the Jareth statue here, oh, it's uh, creepy. There it is, right there, ladies and gentlemen, and the right side. It's super extra creepy. Does it have the bulge? It does. It does have the bulge. Sarah, are you home? Yes, I'm home. I'm home, Papa. I'm home. And look at her. Look at her packing away all this stuff. Oh, this is more British. Compartmentalizing and packing it away. What she should be packing away is that wallpaper. And remember, family, should you need us? That wallpaper is pretty fucking terrible. I agree. Yes. Should you need us? It looks like basically. She's also got a cat's poster. Come on. Or to wear a wallpaper, that would be it. You do. You know, like somebody should have told her that painting her room just a solid color is fine. This is the 80s. They liked their floral shit. Can we talk about non trademark Winnie the Pooh in the background? Right? With the fucking eyeballs? You also notice the Dalmatians, right? Oh, the cats, though, they got the rights to that. Yeah. And then they have a weird fucking party with everybody in her room, including some of the goblins. Yeah. I don't quite yep. understand it. The fire uh, them from Jareth. But, but this is the thing that happens, right, guys? Whenever we watch a trauma movie, right? This is always the end. The end always comes down to this big, happy, go-lucky scene at the end that helps you forget all of the traumatizing moments that you experience throughout the movie. And this is the thing. Labyrinth is full of all these traumatizing movie, all, all these traumatizing events, these little things that happen bit by bit by bit as you go through this movie. It's like an hour and what, uh, 45 minutes long of movie where we experience all these tiny little traumas that add up to this great big kind of traumatic experience. What's really funny is that so many people ask me, how is Labyrinth traumatizing? Because nobody remembers it as traumatizing, just like the never-ending fucking story. Nobody remembers it as traumatizing because at the end you have this great big expansive scene where everybody's back and everybody's alive and everybody's wish came true and everything positive is happening. We're having a great big Bollywood dance fucking party right here. And we forget about all of the stuff that happened while we were watching the movie. We forget about all these little trauma events and what we remember is, oh, girl loses baby, baby... Baby gets rescued by a girl, and there's a party at the end. We don't remember the traumas that happened in between. And that's how trauma gets suppressed, even in people. We forget about the things that happened to us, and then suddenly we're reminded of them. And when they come back, they come back with a vengeance. Endor's box. Such a great act metaphor. I love it, Sarah. Great job. What can I see, man? I try. I'll accept a compliment. Maybe. Guys, oh. I'm terrible. I suck at my job. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> I really... I am the self-deprecating queen. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's try again. Say the right words. I'll take the compliment, guys. I'm actually kind of good at my job. Yay! Oh, say the right words. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take the compliment. I'm, I'm good at what I do. 
thing I'm going to want to do. Is that so hard, is it? Yeah, I'll see you. Hey, fucking yeah. carry me hard. Why can't you just say the right fucking words? I don't understand. It's not that hard. Where did she learn how to speak? Where did she fucking learn how to say the right oh. words? That's not how you say the right words. I wish I worked in the same office as you so I could just like every every so often just walk up and open up your door and be like, say the right words and shut the door and walk away. I mean, you kind of work in the same office as me. All you have to do is go Discord and do this. You're, you're there. Like, my office... My office never changes. It's right here. I never leave this space. This is pretty much where I live. I mean, I, I, I gotta even, even, even Nikki, uh, you know, told other people in the practice, we can get a new office space. Sarah's never gonna fucking come. <laughs> it's okay if we rent her space out all the time. I absolutely, I'm fine with that as long as I get a cut. <laughs> you guys kill me. Money, 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 money. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. I know we were a little off topic all throughout. Labyrinth is a little bit weird, uh, obviously, but it's a lot of fun. It's a great movie. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, this is what episode number four of the movies that traumatized us with Labyrinth. Um, as always, we will see you guys in another month. Huh? This one. Oh, yeah, tell me about the next one. Is. Yeah, so we've already decided on the next movie, so I hope you guys are ready for... Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because it's a secret of Nim. Ha! We are gonna do the secret of Nim. Uh, so I hope you guys are ready. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. I absolutely love the secret of Nim. It is no secret if anybody knows me, you know that I love rats. So obviously the secret of Nim is big in my house. It's big for me. And actually, you know what? I'll even show you this right now oh. because I will be right back. I'm actually Thank still you. That was here, our chance. But Let's this, over this is how awesome, uh, you know, the idea of the secret of Nim is to me because Mrs. Frisbee uh, and the Rats of Nim. I uh, read that. It's so good. Hardback, ladies and gentlemen. None of that paperback bullshit. Uh, because <laughs> I, I absolutely, absolutely adore the Rats of Nim. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. So I hope you guys are super excited for it. We, uh, we went through our list because the way we do things, in case you guys have forgot, you know, we still don't have our trauma scale. Uh, I gave it to you. Did you? I fucking, I'm lazy, guys. I'm sorry. Where would we rate this movie? I would put this movie at about a four on our trauma scale. What are you thinking? How's the scale work? Uh, one to ten, ten being super terrifying, one being not at all. What do you think, Nikki? Yeah, I'm gonna go with like maybe a five. Think a five? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a rebel. I'm gonna say it's a three. I'm gonna say it's a little bit lower. It's three. Yeah, okay. So but I think it's just I think I'm biased. We'll go with like we'll go favorite. with the median score of four. Sarah well, wins. What? Sarah wins. Yeah. Sarah wins. <laughs> oh yeah. Slap into a slim jam. I'm, I'm gonna take wins. it. I, I'm taking Denver because Denver Denver agrees with me, and I'm going to ignore the four that they also said. <laughs> Thanks, Denver. So, but rest with him. Uh, so the way we do movies, guys, just in case you're wondering how we we decide on when and how to do movies, uh, just to let you in a little bit on on our thought process and how we do it. Uh, the way we cycle movies is that. One week we do a movie that we wanted to do that was on our list of original movies when we decided to, when when we pitched this idea together and we started talking about how we wanted to do it. So obviously Labyrinth was one of those movies on our list. Uh, and then the next week, the next month, we do a movie that 
the users suggest to us in our box, which is down below. Check it out in the About section. You'll find it down there. Feel free to pop movies into there. Any suggestions you have, we obviously look at them and review them. And when we look at them and review them, we decide on whether or not that's going to be one of the movies we choose. This time, uh, yeah, you know, down below. Just the way I like it. Down below. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. No, we weren't going there. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the Puritan channel. What are we doing? So this is the important thing because we actually do read them because it was a user suggestion for us to pick the Rats of Nim. And when we went through the list of movies that were there, we saw the user suggestion and we were like, Rats of Nim. Let's do the Rats of Nim. Uh, and the first thing that we thought of, I shit you not, guys, not to spoil it, but it was Nicodemus. Oh. Yes. Oh, my God. So, Nicodemus. so next month, Rats of Nim. I hope you guys are excited for it. Uh, everybody, please give Tim a round of applause for coming out and joining us oh. tonight and helping out with Labyrinth. Uh, I know Thanks that we got... I know that we got a little off topic at times, but we had a good time and it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will see you all in a month. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And we will catch you on the flip side. Have a good one. Bye. To the movies that traumatize.